Hi, I'm Benita Croyle, and welcome back to another episode of Holding It Together. The views expressed on this podcast are my own and are not necessarily indicative of the views of MCUSA. For those of you who are new to listening to Holding It Together, our theme for this past season has been Bodies Holding It Together. And over the course of the last few episodes, we explored what it was like to journey with our bodies and what it can mean to hold, care for, and know our bodies in all the ways that our bodies show up. In this season of pandemic, many of us may know what it is like to carry deep pain, grief, sadness, and exhaustion in our bodies. Some of us may know trauma in our bodies and what it is like to bear witness to death. And some of us may know what it is like to experience deep joy and pleasure in our bodies. We are people that hold and experience so much. In this season, we will hold these stories, hold these bodies, and celebrate the movement of the spirit through us in the world. Hi friends, today we are going to explore different ways that we care for our bodies. And as you know, this season we've been exploring ways that our bodies hold and carry so many emotions. I thought it would be fitting to end our season on various ways that we care for our bodies. And honest disclaimer, because it's just about the holiday season, finding guest speakers was a little tough. So I guess y'all are lucky enough to have me host back-to-back solo podcasts. Get ready. And as we move into today's episode, I wanted to name a few things up front about how today's episode is structured. First, I want to share that today I am leading this episode with a particular lens, which includes how I interact and move through the world as a Black, employed, divorced, middle-class, thin-bodied, neurotypical cisgender straight woman. When leading discussions around bodies, it has felt really important to me to be upfront about how I identify because I want us to pay attention to the voices that aren't represented in this space today and that are often excluded from so many spaces. So in order to attempt to facilitate an episode that offers a bit more inclusion even though it's just me, I'm going to pose a few questions throughout today's podcast episode for your own reflection or for your reflection in small group time, and I encourage you to take some notes or find a quiet space for reflection. Second, like the episode, like the last episode, I will lead this one also through stories. Because I think that stories often help us remember and remember ourselves. And so today, I want to share three stories about ways that I have learned and frankly am still learning to care for my body. And as I share these stories, maybe there will be something that connects with you. Something that makes you pause. Something that makes you wonder Something that says, ooh, I have thoughts about that. So I invite you to lean into this episode and and wonder and explore with me. I wonder, friends, when was the last or the first time that you learned to care for your body? 
Do you remember it? Picture that first moment. If you can, I invite you to close your eyes for a moment and try to picture it. What do you remember about it? What does it sound like? What does it smell like? What is your body doing in that moment? The first time I remember learning to care for my body was the first time I ran away. It sounds strange, doesn't it? Running away as an act of care. <clears throat> but I think for me, the act of care wasn't so much in the action of running away, but in the embodied action of listening deeply to my body telling me to move and trusting and following that instinct, even as a four-year-old. A few episodes ago, I shared with you, dear community, a bit about my early adoption years. And I believe I shared that I would often run away even as early as the age of four, looking for my biological family. And as an adult, it's been helpful for me to pay attention to how my body at that age was listening, even then, to a deeper wound and a deeper need. Funny how sometimes running away can't be running too. And of course, while that scenario is not always true and is not always helpful, I think for my four-year-old self, it was running back to home, to my body. It was listening to how my body was asking for care. It was paying attention to how my body was moving. And sure, learning to care for my body at the age of four was quite imperfect. Definitely, I'm not recommending four-year-olds running away from home. And hey, even now, learning to care for my body at the age of 30, oh my stars, y'all, is also quite imperfect. But I share this first example because I think it helps me not only send radical love and radical acceptance to that much younger version of myself that needed it, but it reminds me that I can still today, in this moment, at this very second, also care for that four-year-old Bonnie and pay attention to what is moving, what is running, what do I need to pay attention to? How can I listen to a deeper wound and need? And I wonder what younger selves you are also learning to care for and carry forward. The second way that I'm learning to care for my body is by asking for help. Practicing saying no by remembering that, as my therapist reminds me, each time I say no, I am actually saying yes to something deeper and more authentic inside of me. As a recovering people pleaser, this is especially hard for me to do, and my friends have humorously threatened to make me a no punch card. I wonder how many of you can relate. You need a no punch card. But learning to ask for help and say no from a place of authenticness is difficult and is often a journey. I'll confess that for me, 
the past few seasons have been super difficult, y'all. And I'm sure that some of you can relate to that. I'm learning slowly, slowly to ask for help as I navigate some of the most difficult moments I have ever experienced. And I'll be honest, especially for this recovering people pleaser, asking for help isn't something I'm especially comfortable with. On top of the layers of societal expectations and stereotypes of the strong, resilient black woman, I also struggle with the layers of adoption and a history of abuse. Asking for help, friends, sometimes feels impossible. Perhaps because I'm not always sure that my request will be taken seriously, or that the help provided will actually be, you know, helpful. Over the years, I've learned to survive by isolating when things start to hit the ceiling. And I'm slowly learning, slowly learning to send radical love and acceptance to all of those versions of myself that survived with that mechanism, while also learning how to try new ways of caring for myself. Perhaps, friends, you can relate. Last year, when I was having a particularly difficult month, two of my dearest friends reached out to me and said almost identical things. They said, Benita, Benita, let us carry this heavy with you. We love you. Give us more to hold. We can carry it with you. We can carry it with you. Friends, I wonder what things you have been carrying by yourself. What things you may be holding or have held in self-isolation as a way to survive. What things you have held as a way to care for yourself. And I wonder how you have experienced the ways maybe society perpetuates that need to self-isolate, to be quote-unquote strong and resilient, and how that has impacted your ability, perhaps like mine, to just hold it alone, to just hold it in silence. And I wonder if you, like me, need a new message to hear. So today I want to offer you a different message of care. I want to offer this. Beloved, I am so sorry you did not experience the gentleness and care you deserved. I am so sorry you are carrying this heavy, heavy, heavy alone. I wish for you good things and for community that says your name, that speaks life back into you, that says, Beloved, Beloved, let us carry this heavy with you. We love you. Give us more to hold. We can carry it with you. We can carry it with you. The last way that I will share today of how I'm learning to care for myself is through a bodywork practice that my therapist shared with me. It's a practice that does require some physical movement but is easily adapted for all. 
So I'll share what it looks like for me and if it sounds like something you want to add into your daily practice, I invite you to try it out. So it goes like this. Starting at the top of your head, place your hands on your face, on your forehead up there and say to your face, face, I love you. Slowly move your hands down across your face, over your eyebrows and eyes, down across your cheeks, across your mouth, and you work your way down until you are at your toes and each part of your body that you're touching, you say out loud, I love you eyebrows. Thank you. I love you eyes. Thank you. This is a practice I try to do daily. I fail all the time. So we'll say I do it once a week. That's generally about how often I remember to do it. And it's a practice that helps me to honor my body and to stay present to what is happening within my body. And on especially hard days, I try to stay extra present with that thank you. So sometimes this practice sounds like this face, I love you and thank you for expressing how hard today is through tears. Mouth, I love you and thank you for saying no when I needed to and saying it with love. So I encourage you if you are comfortable or even if you're uncomfortable, dun dun dun, perhaps you should try it, to try this practice as well. Or take some time and reflect on what practices you already have that help you honor your body and stay present. This is the end of this season. And friend, I thank you so much for joining me today. I wonder what takeaways you have from this episode I wonder what reflections you might be pondering about ways you have learned to listen to your body and care for it, or ways you might be thinking about that you can honor your body and listen to it. I'd love to hear your thoughts about today's episode. If you want to share with me, feel free to send your thoughts to the email listed in today's show notes. And as always, Thank you for holding it together with me. I look forward to catching you next time for our new season, which will start in January of 2023. If you have ideas for a theme or podcast episode, or maybe you are feeling especially called to join me, I want to hear from you. So again, you can share those thoughts with me in that email that is linked in our show notes today. As always, friends, this episode was produced by me, Benita Croyo, with editing help from Alex Woodring and theme music by my dear friend, Redva Jan Titi Halawa. Holding It Together is a joint production of Women in Leadership and MCUSA. Look for us on our page on the MCUSA website, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast streaming site. I'm your host, Benita Croyle. Thanks for listening, y'all, and catch you in the new year on the flip side.